Greetings to each one. Good to be with you here this morning. A little sooner than what I was figuring, but this is the way God has it. (laughs) Yeah, so let's bow our heads for a word of prayer before we begin. Father in heaven, we come to you this morning. We thank you that you are God. We thank you that we can trust you. We know that you have our best interest in mind. And uh, I do pray that we would be encouraged to do our part, as we've heard already, to uh, have our cups turned upward uh, like uh, a little bird with his mouth open wide to receive what you have. So, Lord, help me to be that channel, that mouthpiece. May I speak your words, not my own. May your will be done in each one of our lives. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I guess Brother Earl heard a little bit of uh, what I preached last Sunday at Harmony. Uh, so I said, okay, I think we can do this here at Oasis as well. Uh, last Sunday was the first Sunday of the new year, and uh, this is the second Sunday, but that's okay. We're still beginning a new year. One of the things I had to ponder a little bit, one of the things we do at a new year is to look back and to look forward. And I had to look back the year 2000. Uh, How many remember the year 2000? And uh, what the scare that Y2K brought? I know we as a family were on a trip uh, South Carolina. And, uh, for some reason, with all the, the hype that was around, we decided it'd be best for us to be home by, uh, midnight. <laughs> what if we're on the road and everything crashes and we're not able to get gas and we're caught somewhere, who knows where? So we decided to, uh, be home. Just in case, what happened? (laughs) Everything just went on the way uh, it was going. So, that was back 20 years. Here we are, 2020. And uh, the other thing I had to think about was, when I was growing up, we looked forward to 2000 and saying, you know what? I think Jesus is coming back. I don't think time's going to go much further than 2000. I see heads nodding. <laughs> the, uh, <clears throat> a day as is a thousand years, the 6,000 years since creation was 20, 2000, right? 
4,000 years before Christ, 2,000 years after Christ, here we are. But you know what? We're here today, and we don't know when that time is. We can look back. We can look forward. But I guess the challenge that I would like to uh, leave with us today is, and my title is, Is Your Vision Clear for 2020? Is your vision clear? And think about what is your vision? Um, Is your vision clear? I just recently got new glasses, new prescription. You know, I was surprised how bad my eyes were after I got my new ones. I said, wow, I can see things here that I've not been able to see for quite a while. How is your vision clear? What are your lenses up to date? Do you have 2020 vision? What's something that happens? We think about New Year. What word do you think of in the world around us? New Year's what? Resolutions. Okay. Is that a good thing? can be right but you know what a lot of people that do that fail at keeping those resolutions so i saw a saying on a church sign that says daily devotion is better than a new year's resolution daily not something that yes This is what I'm going to do for the year. This is what I'm going to do today. So the challenge that I'm bringing is let's live today the way we ought to live. Not Yes. Um, The other thing that happens uh, at the end of the year, we look back in our businesses. How did the year go? What did we do that we want to do different? What do we do that we want to say, that was good, we want to continue? What are we going to change to uh, make it better? So it's not, it's good to look back and it's good to look forward. We do a lot of book work. We... uh, Come to the end of the year, and it's, it's a time to finish, and it's a time for new beginnings. So, in a sense, New Year's uh, has a good place. And I think it's good for us as individuals to look back and then to look forward and say, where was I? How much ground did I gain? Am I go- which direction am I going? And where do I want to go? Where where do I want to end up is a good question to ask. And where we end up is going to make a difference in our choices today. The thing that I think about is we want to go. There's our goal. You know, if we sidestep but a little bit, just a little bit, but you follow that, you know what a... Uh, uh, Sighting in a gun. I'm not a hunter, but, you know, 
just off right here. You're off just a slight fraction. But you know what? You totally miss the goal, the target. So it's important to be on track with our with our aim. <clears throat> Another thing that I found interesting is we're in January. January is named after a Roman god. I thought it was interesting. Uh, and I got this from the merchandiser. I don't know who, how many of you would have noticed it, but uh, talked about January being named after a Roman god, Janus, J-A-N-U-S, Janu, January. But that god was a god of beginnings, transitions, gates, doorways, time. The interesting thing, when you look at a picture of this god, he had two faces. One facing that way and one facing the other way. And he could look both directions at the same time. So this was Janu, Janus, Januari. We look back and we look forward. He was a protector of gates and doorways. Now, we think about God. He sees everywhere. He's not just looking that way and that way. He's, we're in connection with somebody that's much greater than a Roman God. But anyhow, just interesting. Proverbs 4.23. Somebody know what that verse is. Keep thy heart with what? All diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. <clears throat> keep. Keep your heart. Now, we're ta- we just talked about the God of January, a keeper of gates and doorways. We, it's good for us. To be a keeper of the door of our hearts. Keep the heart with all diligence. Uh, We're supposed to guard. Guard our hearts. There's doorways into our hearts. Uh, With all diligence. I thought that was interesting. We, We think about diligence as maybe a verb, some action that we do. In this case, it is a noun. It is a thing. And it, it is keep the heart with a guard. Put a guard there. Now, the verb, the verb form of this, the root of the word diligence is to put a hedge of thorns about, round about your heart. That was the picture that was given. The root. Put a hedge of thorns about. For out of it are the issues of life. I like to picture out of our hearts springing forth uh, a fountain. 
out of our heart. There's things coming out of our hearts. Uh, a spring. You ever see a spring? Water just coming up out of the ground. Out of our heart are the issues. There's issuing, things issuing out of our hearts, the issues of life. So we need to be careful what is going into our hearts, what is coming out. It makes a difference what goes in. We are three-part being, body, soul, and spirit. And I believe there's doorways into our hearts in all three of those areas. I haven't spent a lot of time thinking about it, but we have... In a physical way, we have our eyes, our ears. Those are doorways in. Our minds, thoughts coming into our soul. Our spirit, our, whose voice are we listening to? Is it, <clears throat> is it ourselves or is it Satan's voice or is it God's voice? So what is our vision? picture a doorway a door I go through the door into the house that is an opening but there's also a door which closes it's the thing that closes the doorway so We open the door to let someone in. <clears throat> Thinking of, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> Thinking of our hearts. We open to let something in. <clears throat> we close the door. Close the door. It's not cold out there, but we know what it is. Shut the door. It's cold. We want to close something out. We can also lock that door. There's times we decide <clears throat> nothing coming in. We, we need to lock it. So, that's a picture of our hearts. Keep thy heart with all diligence. That's something we want to take special care of. So, what is our vision? What is our vision for 2020? I'd like to ask the question, what was Jesus' passion? What was his passion? What was the one thing? What what would you answer to that question? Lo, I come to do thy will. Lo, I come to do thy will. Is that my passion? I guess I was thinking of the children's class a little bit. Um, and uh, what is our passion? Is it self or is it to be a blessing to others? What about the psalmist? What was the psalmist's passion? Psalm 27. I'll start it. One thing have I Desired 
How does it go? Of the Lord. And that will I seek after. For what? To dwell in thy house. My passion, my vision for 2020. What does that mean? I want to dwell in God's house. I want to dwell in his presence. I want to be dwelling with him. And as we, if that's a cry of our hearts, we're, we're going to do what we can to please him. Being, uh, I think of the vine, being in the vine. Have that connection with him. We want to please him. Nehemiah 8.10. I'm just pulling a phrase out. The joy of the Lord is my, what? Strength. Joy of the Lord is my strength. Ponder that a little bit. Who's, who's joy? The joy of the Lord. When he has joy, it gives me what? Strength. If I am pleasing him, living my life in a way that pleases him, that gives me strength. We know what it's like the other way. If we're not pleasing him, what does it do? It pulls that strength away. Let's turn to Psalm 42, just for some, a picture of that. Our, our desire to please God. Psalm 42 and verse, okay, verse 5. <clears throat> Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. The help of his countenance is the phrase that I'm looking at here. Picture us in the presence of God. His countenance. You see a smile on God's face. What does it do? It was a help. It's a help to us to have God smile on our lives. Now, let's turn over to verse 11. Beginning part of the verse is the same, very similar. Why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. Now, do you see the difference between the two? The first one was the help of his countenance. His countenance shining on me. Turn around in verse 11, and it gives health to my countenance. Notice the difference. Or what the effect of God's smile on me puts a smile on my face. I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. So, 
We all desire that, right? We want God's smile on our lives. We look back. We say, how was that in the past year? We do want it. We look forward. Let's turn to Matthew 25 next. A look to the future. Matthew 25, there's a number of uh, parables. We have the the ten virgins at the beginning. It's a challenge for us to be ready. We don't know when he's coming. The next parable is also he traveled into a far country and gave talents to his servants. We want to be of those that occupy and use those talents. We know that he is coming back, but we don't know when. And then in verse 31, he gives a picture of judgment. When the Son of Man will come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. And before him shall be gathered all nations. And he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundations of the world. Then he goes on and uh, tells them why he did what he did, why he put some as sheep and some as goats. But the, the thing that I'm noticing here is the reason I, I turned here in verse 34, it says, come, ye blessed of my father. That's what we desire. We desire God's smile of approval. God's blessing on our lives. And I did an interesting um, word search or phrase search to phrase. Blessed is the man. Here it says, come, ye blessed of my father. We want to be put into that class with the sheep. And he says, come, ye blessed of my father. Blessed is the man. How do we get to that place that we, we hear God's words come, ye blessed? And we're going to look at a number of scriptures. How do we get to that place is the question I'm asking. How do we get there? Psalm, most of what we're going to be looking at is in Psalm. So let's start with Psalm 65. Come, ye blessed of my father. Blessed is the man. Psalm 65, verse 4. Blessed is the man whom thou choosest. And causes to approach unto thee that he may dwell in thy courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house, even of thy holy temple. Blessed is the man whom thou choosest. Blessed is the man that God calls. God calls us. And causes to approach unto thee that he may 
dwell in thy courts. We want to dwell in his presence. We did talk about that already. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house, even of thy holy temple. Dwelling in that relationship with him. Proverbs 8.34. This is one that's not in Psalm, but. Blessed is the man that heareth me. Blessed is the man that is called. Blessed is the man that turns his ear. Blessed is the man that heareth me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my door. For whoso findeth me findeth life, and shall obtain favor of the Lord. Whoso findeth me findeth life, and shall find obtain favor of the Lord. Psalm 118. A lot of scriptures to look at here. Hope you don't weary of that, but it was a blessing for me to look at these different passages. Psalm 118, verses 19 to 21. Open to me the gates of righteousness. I will go into them and I will praise the Lord. The gate, this gate of the Lord into which the righteous shall enter. I will praise thee for thou hast heard me and art become my salvation. This one I turn to because of the gates. We're thinking about our gates of our heart. There's gates into his presence too. Open to me the gates of righteousness. That is what we ask of him. He comes, he offers it to us, and we come to him and say, open, open to me, and I will go in and praise the Lord. Psalm 32. Psalm 32, the first two verses. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is a man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit is no guile. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven. We've come into his presence. We have uh, taken hold of salvation. And then the blessing is that our transgressions are forgiven. Isn't that a blessing? Transgressions forgiven, sin is covered. Blessed is a man whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity. He's not tagging it to our name anymore. It's forgiven. It's uh, as far as the east is from the west. Blessed is that man. Psalm 1. Somebody know what Psalm 1, the first, starts out with. Blessed is the man that does what? Walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. 
Blessed is a man that does not do these things, but what? His delight is in the law of the Lord. Blessed is that man. What's our vision for 2020? Blessed is that man. His delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. Does that mean we don't think about other things? Not necessarily, but. Whenever we go through the day, are we asking him for his guidance, for his wisdom? Whatever we do. Are we delighting in his word? Do we have our cup turned up like we heard? What are we finding when we're in communion with him? Psalm 34. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Uh, Verse 8 is the one I'm looking for. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Taste and see that he is good. We get into that relationship with him. Brings us to a place of trusting him as well. Trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. Or are we trusting in ourselves? What I want. Psalm 84. Psalm 84 and verse 5. Let's begin at verse 1. I can't help but. Notice this, how amiable are thy tabernacles, the Lord of hosts. How great is that relationship with you. My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. Yea, the sparrow hath found a house and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young, even thine altars. O Lord of hosts, my king and my God, blessed are they. That dwell in thy house, they will still, they will be still praising thee, Selah. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, in whose heart are the ways of them. And then we can read on a few more verses. Who passing through the valley of Baca, make it a well. The rain also filleth the pools. They go from strength to strength, every one of them. In Zion appeareth before God. O Lord of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob, Selah. We'll stop there. Who passing through difficult things, make it a well. Blessed is that man whose strength is in him. Ninety-four, Psalm 94. And verse 12. Blessed is the man whom thou chasteneth. Oh. Are we going to say thank you? When he chastens us. Blessed is that man who gets chastened. Um, 
I think that's also a New Testament. Hebrews 12 speaks of that. O Lord, how teachest him, O Lord, and teachest him out of thy law. Just picking out a verse. Anyhow. Um, Blessed is that man whom the Lord chastens. Now let's turn to Psalm 112. This, This is a passage we're going to look at where most of the rest of the message will come out of. Psalm 112, um, verse 1 has the phrase, Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord. And verse 5, I pick up another phrase, a good man. Good man does certain things. We want God to look upon us and say, good, good man. So let's pull some things out of this psalm. What is a good man? What is he, his characteristics, his traits? Well, the first one we looked at, verse 1. Blessed is a man that feareth the Lord. This fear of the Lord is not the kind of fear that we want to run away from. We don't want to run away from God. But it is the kind of thing. Fear. It's a fear of displeasing God more than a fear of of him. Our desire is to... Be under his smile of approval, his blessing. Blessed is a man that feareth the Lord. Fear of displeasing him. Blessed is the man that delights greatly in his commandments. He gives direction for our lives. How often do we say thank you? Or are we going to, I don't like that. Delighteth greatly. Maybe you want to help me out a little bit. We're going to drop down to verse 4. What is this good man? What are, what are his traits? Uh, second half of verse 4. What, is, what do you see there? He is gracious. Good man is gracious. Compassionate. Maybe I'm taking the next phrase here. Full of compassion. Full of compassion. A good man is full of compassion. And righteous. Living a just and a right life. What about verse 5? A good man what? Shows favor. He's one to want to give a blessing to others. A good man does what? He lendeth. He lendeth. It's not somebody that's uh, get all you can, 
can all you get, sit on the lid. You ever heard that? No, it's open-handed, not uh, tight. Good man lendeth. He will guide his affairs with discretion. He will guide his affairs with discretion. I don't know how to make it any plainer than that. Somebody that uses wisdom. Verse 6. The good man. Surely he will not be moved forever. He's one that's got some stability. The winds come. The trials come. And beginning of verse 7, he will not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. That's how he can face what comes his way. His heart is fixed. He's got, he's on a foundation, and I'd like to picture guy wires. His heart is fixed. Got some wires come, something keeping him. Not afraid of evil tidings. I'm not sure I'm always there myself. <laughs> I guess when I said, when I talked about, thought about evil tidings, I thought about last night sleeping and all of a sudden I got awakened to a strong wind. It's, that's sometimes a greenhouse man. That's that's evil tidings sometimes. <laughs> not not sure that my heart was. Uh, the guy wires were were shaking a little bit. <laughs> when the winds blow, you, the next thing you listen for is flap, flap. Is there plastic loose somewhere? <laughs> or, yeah, might be whatever. But not afraid of evil tidings. Heart is fixed. His heart is established. Same picture. He shall not be afraid until he see his desire upon his enemies. Um, in Psalm might be a little different than what we might look at enemies. Uh, we have some enemies, spiritual, more than the physical, where they might have been speaking of. But let's not give up in the middle of the fight. I guess that's what I'll say about this verse. Until he see his desire upon his enemies, whatever your enemies are. Until they are conquered or driven back, let's not give up. Verse 9, he hath dispersed, he hath given to the poor, his righteousness endureth forever. Something that continues. And his horn shall be exalted with honor. Now, this horn here, I like to think of. Not in a negative way. Horns can be used in for destruction. But the picture here 
is uh, authority. Uh, a man, a father in his place has a little bit of sway, some authority. Uh, I guess I picture that horn, a, a unicorn, a single horn. Uh, it's more symbolic of authority rather than destruction. So his horn shall be exalted with honor. Your authority as a father uh, should be steady and strong and yet can be done, can be exalted with honor. In other words, that horn is used in a right way. Verse 10, the wicked shall see it and be grieved, shall gnash with his teeth and melt away. Here again, let's keep on going. <clears throat> the wicked are going to be taken away. At some point, there, there's going to be judgment on those negative things. The dire, desire of the wicked shall perish, will come to an end. <clears throat> now, we looked at what a good man is. What are some of the effects? Can't help but take uh, a look at that before we leave this psalm. Back to verse 2. His seed shall be mighty upon the earth. His children are going to be <clears throat> such as are mighty. Some that are taking up and living right lives. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Verse 3, wealth and riches shall be in his house. That mean we're all going to be rich. Is that what it's saying here? No, not, not us today. Wealth and riches spiritually. I like to look at it that way. We are wealthy if we're in relationship with him. His righteousness endureth forever meaning that man's righteousness, I believe. God's righteousness endures forever. Ours, we want to keep on. Have our vision clear for 2020 and continue to the end. The good man. Let's turn to Matthew 5, just for another, very familiar, but it fits well. We're looking at blessed. Blessed is the man. And here are blessed traits, character traits um, of those that are his, part of his kingdom. Blessed are the poor in spirit. I guess poor in spirit means uh, poor. You know what poor is, don't you? <laughs> Do we have to say much more? Poor in spirit. 
Or are we going to be strong in spirit? Some ways, yes, but poor in spirit is what it says here. Poor, our own spirit should be poor. And then his spirit takes place. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Looking forward. We want, we're looking down the road. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. I think it's good to think about that. Um, I guess I'm just pondering now how <clears throat> we don't want to be in a works religion. And say, if we do this and that, everything's going to be all right. We want to be in relationship with him. And that is where our reward will be. Good man. We want to be called good. God looks on us and smiles. Acts 11 is one New Testament character. Acts 11:23 And I think this is this is what we ought to be going after or desiring beginning in verse 22 then tidings of these things came unto the ears of the church which was in Jerusalem and they sent forth Barnabas that he should go as far as Antioch who when he came and had seen the grace of God that was on the people there, was glad and exhorted them all that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. For he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith, and much people was added unto the Lord. That's what I would like to lift up before us. He was a good man, full of the Holy Ghost, and faith. That's my heart's cry. And I'll just back up and leave this as a challenge to us all. He exhorted them all that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. Is that your vision for 2020? And the Lord bless you.